welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Yay! Ashley, this is our our year anniversary. Our year anniversary? Our year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> our anniversary of years? We've been podcasting for a year. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Sorry, that sounded horrible. I realized, like, just as it was coming out of my mouth, I'm like, this is sounding bad because... I can't talk right now, apparently. <laughs> I'm conveying the wrong emotion. You just have the ponytail going. Yeah. <laughs> That's like instant wake up for you. <laughs> it's like you just got done jogging. I'm in like an 80s dance party. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to, to the, the mall, mall. <laughs> today. Yeah. yeah, you do. You do give <laughs> off a very Robin Sparkles vibe. Thanks. yeah so we've been doing this every week for a year it's been good it has been good we're in the 90s that's how far we made it to the beginning of the 90s we didn't think we were gonna be in the 90s until like year two (laughs) i was thinking like four years yeah (laughs) finally make it one day um yeah so we're here to watch and discuss romantic comedies, our, our now favorite genre. Yeah. We can point out inaccuracies in other romantic comedies. Right. We are we are <laughs> on our way to becoming masters. We could totally teach a class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and if you've been listening along for the whole time, you as well have gained knowledge. You've gained knowledge and... You've also been part of our class, so you are also our students. Yes. In a fashion. Welcome, students. Welcome, students. I feel like we could be professors now. I don't think we'd be very good, especially if we taught a class together. (laughs) (laughs) We just go on tangents the whole time. (laughs) We'd be like, oh my god, did you see? (laughs) I don't even know. Did you see that thing about Tom Hiddleston, Justine? What? I don't believe it. Yeah, we watch movies on Netflix and are also our movies that we think are really good romantic comedies. Yeah, and are essential to to finding the the cultural relevance of romantic comedies because they get dogged on so much. And then there's some really, really good ones that mm-hmm. no one ever really equates. Yeah, there are brilliant romantic comedies. So this this genre should... Should be held up on the pedestal with all of the others. You know, I think maybe up until this era, or definitely in the 2000s, like it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, uh, an actual... A real-life genre? Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, that's an awesome date movie or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Thank you, 90s, for ruining our shit. <laughs> Thanks, Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't blame Meg Ryan. She's a beautiful gem. She was in When Harry Met Sally. We can't fault her for things. No. Nora no. Ephron loved her. So, yeah. One year. Woo! We sounded like the girls on Girls Gone Wild, like the, the commercial. I thought we sounded like ghosts. Oh, that too. <laughs> Woo! As we have the ghost in the background. That is safe. It's like you've got your own Girl Gone Wild back there. <laughs> He is a definitely a girl gone wild. <laughs> hey, Ashley. Yeah? What the heck are we watching today? Oh, well, we're watching a thing um, that we did some research on last night mm. in preparation for this. 
So today we're watching 1993's Sleepless in Seattle. Ooh. Yeah. So last night we um, plunged into the olden days again. Mm-hmm. We watched 1957's An Affair to Remember. Mm-hmm. And we wept. Mm-hmm. And Sam wept too, even though he doesn't want to admit it to himself. No, you totally did. Don't lie. <laughs> uh, we all held each other and cried. Yeah, we did. It was it was a it was a roller coaster of an emotional ride. My favorite part though is when Sam like screams out, "That did not just happen." <laughs> so yeah, we are watching. I would I would kind of call this a classic as well. Mm-hmm. Sleepless in Seattle, like you kind of you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the end of it. That's all. Like the last 15 minutes. That's I, I just, it just happened one day. So the description on DVD.com for this movie is fate and a tenacious eight-year-old conspire to unite lovelorn widower Sam Baldwin and an unhappily engaged journalist, Annie Reed, in this Oscar-nominated romantic comedy inspired by the 1957 classic An Affair to Remember. Oh, so good. We're not. We're just. We're gonna cry, this entire time. We're just gonna cry. <laughs> so what we did last night with an affair to remember, we mm-hmm. just cried. Oh, there was much sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> much sobbing and much squealing. <laughs> much love for grandma as well. Oh, grandma. She's your favorite. She's my. I hope to grow up to be an old lady <laughs> like grandma one day. Okay. <laughs> Start practicing your French now. <laughs> this is what I aspire to in life. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie stars Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, and Rob Reiner. It's directed and written by Nora Ephron. Ooh-ooh. Yep, another one of our heroes. Yes. We aspire to be Nora Ephron and Grandma <laughs> from Affair to Remember. <laughs> yep. Yep. Put it on our, our dream board. Yeah. It's just a picture of grandma and then a picture of Nora Ephron on the other side. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just a combination of these two lovely women mm-hmm. with some French fr- thrown in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the movie is rated PG for some language. Whatever that means. Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> it's an hour and 45 minutes long and it's rated four stars on DVD.com. A.K.A. Netflix. A.K.A. Netflix. <laughs> DVD.com, a Netflix subsidiary. A Netflix company. A Netflix That's what company. it says <laughs> on the envelope. A Netflix company. They should have just kept it as Netflix. It says, don't get it twisted. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this movie did have some award nominations, but unfortunately no wins. Oh. But I'm going to list them for you anyway, because they, no- they were nominated. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Mm-hmm. So, at the 1994 Golden Globe Awards, it was nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. They should never have me read a teleprompter at an (laughs) award show. Just don't do it. Um, It was also nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And at the 1994 Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Writing, Original Screenplay. And it was nominated for Best Music Song. Woo! Don't know what song it is, but it was nominated for it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a song. It's a song. We'll find out. Doesn't seem like a movie that would have like a Best Original Song to be nominated for at the Academy Awards. No. 
No. That's yeah. it. That's it. Let's. We, yeah. Yeah. Should we watch it? We should. Let's figure out what song this is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to point at every song that appears in me. Like, is that one? Is it that one? Is it that one? You must be fun on a road trip. Yeah, I am. Just ask Sam. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's watch. Let's watch. We're back. We're back. We just watched a sleepless in Seattle where we cried. Well, I cried. Did you cry? I did. I got very emotional. At what point? At the end? At the I know no. you got frustrated at the end. I didn't get frustrated. Oh, did I get frustrated? Yeah, you were like, "Come on!" <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, like uh, the 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 hello. Oh, like any reference to an affair to remember? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Tiny child, you're the grandma." Yeah. Are you glad we watched an affair to remember? Yeah. It made it really like all the little references. Like, Cause you had the same feels. Yeah. That they had. Yeah. 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 I think that was a fun experiment because I didn't know. I mean, like, I've seen both the movies. Yeah. I saw them re- in reverse order and I hadn't seen Sleepless in a long while. Mm-hmm. I'd seen it once. Yeah. I yeah. saw the end. I saw the last 15 minutes. Like, the part and where... You didn't even remember it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because I... For... Maybe it was I, like, changed the channel or something at that point. Like, I was inve- invested because... I don't remember if it was like HBO or if it was just on cable or something. And it was right at the point where the kid gets in the taxi cab and he's like, oh, you're going to the Empire State Building. What what are you going to do there? He's like, I'm going to meet my new mother. So I was just like, "Okay, I'm invested in this right now. Like, what is going on? And I think I turned the channel Mm -hmm. or something. Maybe. I don't know. I thought I watched it all the way till the end. But I vividly remember the, the, the kid getting in the cab part and uh all the way up until Tom Hanks gets off the airplane and mm-hmm. fights the for the cab. I remember that. For some reason, I just thought they didn't get together in the end. It was so cute. Yeah. It was a good movie. It was. I loved the fact that there's only three scenes. like, And two of them are very, very short. Mm-hmm. Of the leading actress and the leading man together. I think on IMDb it said they only spend like two minutes of screen time together. Yeah. yeah. And I loved that because it kind of lended itself to this. Th- well, one, it really made you feel the distance between mm-hmm. between them. But also like when they did finally meet, like the payoff was just really good and nice and it felt right. Mm-hmm. And like, like and like he says in the beginning, it's like coming home to something you don't really know. And so, like, that was the feeling. Like, you had all of these scenes with them separately, but you really did feel their connection. Yeah. When they finally met. Oh, yeah. And Tom Hanks, he's good at falling in love. Oh, he's just, he's just good at everything. He's perfect. <laughs> and Meg Ryan had good hair in this movie. And she was really good. Tom Hanks did not have good hair in this movie. No, he had, like, that weird 90s mullet mm-hmm. thing going on. Oh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> sexy baby. <laughs> sexy walk, sexy walk, pouty face. <laughs> he can do anything. He can do anything and you just love him. Like, even if he's kind of evil, you still love him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tom Hanks. You know, we've talked about how he's like this generation's Cary Grant. Oh, I know. And this movie, he is Cary Grant in a way. Yeah. Uh, just 
bring it all together. I know. Nor Efron knew. I know. And he let, and he talks about Cary Grant. It just, it was like, it was like the perfect summation of our podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like full circle, automatic. Didn't really going into the podcast thinking that Cary Grant would be this huge kind of icon. Like you knew the name, mm-hmm. or at least I knew the name. I didn't really like, I don't think I really had seen many of his movies before this. I think Philadelphia Story was the only one that I'd ever seen with him in it before mm-hmm. the podcast. And he's really good in that. He's kind of, he's kind of evil in it, but he's really good like kind of way. Last night when we watched uh, A Fair to Remember, it just like brought all those happy like Cary Grant memories back Mm -hmm. and then coming into this and then having, you know, the connection and then Tom Hanks and it's just like, oh, it's our podcast in a movie. It really is. (laughs) But no, it was great. I was very happy. Yeah. and, And then they talked a lot about love in the movies. Yeah. And how it's like. When movies are like this window to our own psyche and our own soul in a way where they movies are supposed to be like an escape for people and they're also art. They are a form of art. So they represent life. But then you also have where life imitates the art form and movies are really, I think, one of the biggest impacts on life imitating art Mm -hmm. at least in especially in our generation people mostly when you see something it it means more than when you hear it so it's very visceral kind of feeling um we we connect with it just on a really unique kind of level than we do to other other art forms yeah editing is so very cool because it's so unique uh, within within our art form Mm mm-hmm I liked that they that was part of the conversation and I liked because it was around the time where video it became possible for you to watch movies over and over and over again. And you had these really unique connections to it. It's like a little kid like with me. I watched The Little Mermaid over and over and over again and you feel something different kind of every time. And it's almost like you're searching for something sometimes, I think, like you're searching for what connects you so much to that. Like, I had that with um, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which you're going to watch in the future. And that's that, like, that was, it's a very important movie for me. And I still don't quite know why. And so I, you know, you have to watch it Mm -hmm. before you kind of come to the realization sometimes. But it does connect with you so uniquely in that first thing uh, or that first viewing that it's really so interesting to have that also be portrayed in a movie for for what could be the first time that that was really addressed because i don't think there's really any other movie that really does it this way like i think easy a talks about it a little bit but not in the same fashion it talks more about the high schooly kind of love story in a john hughes movie like Mm -hmm. it's very specific whereas this is an overreaching conversation that i think is really interesting to have and Something that is very important to talk about kind of thing. Definitely plays into more like, I think we said when both movies ended or during the movies, like, why don't they make movies like this anymore? Yeah, it is. It's like there's something there's something about both of the movies, both an affair to remember and and just the just Cary Grant's movies in general. Like, why? Why don't we have something like that? 
Like, we don't have a movie that's like charade. We don't have something that's like bold and steps out of the box and says, yes, I'm this genre, but we can also do this genre at the same time and be unique and kind of cool and bring these really interesting aspects in it and have comedic moments come out of really kind of terrifying events kind of thing. We don't have a lot of that. Mm -hmm. It's really very formulaic. Yeah, movies made in the U.S. today are very generic Mm -hmm. a lot of times so that they can make more money overseas. They make a lot of their money in the overseas market. That's where they're making most of their money. So they want to make it as generic as possible so anybody anybody can put, you know, themselves in the character's shoes. Yes, but I think that's that's hindering it's hindering our own creativity yes. in a way. By making it so for formulaic, you're taking away the human the human experience of it. Where cuz now you can go, "Oh, well this is going to happen." Mhm. Yeah, and in a fair to remember, you did not see those things coming. <laughs> no, no, no. In that like you think about it and it's like this is a movie from 1957. Mhm. We what I think happened, at least for me, what happened in an affair to remember is I fell so much into the story that I was turning off the type of like the analytical part of my brain where it was like, oh, well, in the story, this is what typically happens. So here yeah. are the scenarios that could lead from this. Yeah, you're like A plus B. Yeah. Plus C. Yeah. And there's some I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist across the board in Hollywood. It It does in certain instances, I think. When you have people who do push back on that. I do think that it exists. It's very, very rare. And I think everybody could... Sh- I mean, Nora Ephron was one of them that did that. Mm-hmm. She was... She really was bullheaded, <laughs> I guess is the best word to say about it. Like, in getting in getting her point across and saying, no, we're not going to do these types of things. Because we didn't really expect a lot of these things except for yes there's gonna be they're gonna get together at the end what i think is also unique though is we didn't have a big kiss at the end we didn't have a big wedding we didn't have this grand romantic gesture that romantic comedies tend to trope and so it was just about getting to the point of the first meeting Mm -hmm. and that is just so interesting because it's classic that's a classic romance novel like that is jane austen that's what she would do it would never be it ends with a kiss or it ends with the marriage or it ends with this or they're gonna go off into the it's always here they are and here's their their beginnings Mm kind of thing and how they got there and i think it's way more interesting sometimes to to kind of process how somebody gets somewhere instead of starting necessarily in the middle which i think a lot of movies kind of they, they trope because then they don't have to tell, they don't have to be expansive mm-hmm. on things and you don't have to think a lot of it, about a lot of it. And that kind of puts a hindrance on just the story in general because then it doesn't have any depth. So then people are automatically going to be, oh, well, this doesn't make any sense because this wouldn't happen in real life kind of thing. You want, you want to have that connection. And that's so desperately what movies crave is to give that connection to an audience and because not only they're impacting people people in a emotional fashion Mm -hmm. but they're also i think that it makes a statement in art like it it creates this thing where you're connecting with people that means that what you have to say is important so 
why why can't we let people say these important things or connect about these things or not trope them or make them just to I guess the biggest example I can say is the Stonewall movie. Like it kind of it's a very important thing that needed to be talked about and discussed and and that kind of thing. One it was whitewashed, so a lot of it then lost its it's impact. It, it automatically loses that when you trope it by whitewashing or by making it making it this big, huge, grand thing when it, it was this small incident that meant so much. It, when you over-exaggerate something, that makes it very tropey. Ashley, I know we've had maybe one or two people ask us if we are going to write our own romantic comedy now. Yeah, what like it, like a lot of people think that we're doing this for research. <laughs> Which it is helpful just like on an editing standpoint because mm-hmm. I'm not very good at editing comedy. I'm more of an action kind of person. Mm-hmm. It seems. So, I like being able to see the the evolution of just how comedy works from an editing standpoint. Yeah. But I don't think we're writing our own <laughs> No, we're not screenwriters. <laughs> no. It might be, like, it may be in the very, very distant future. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Okay, so this movie started very sad. Yeah. But I think if you're going to be inspired by an affair to remember, you're going to have a little sadness peppered in. Yeah, and as Gary Marshall says, you need a lot of tragedy to make the comedy. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Gary Marshall. When's he coming back? <laughs> oh, probably not till next year. Um, we start out in Chicago, yes. our favorite place. We were there for a very short time. Mm-hmm. We're in the cemetery. Tom Hanks, his character's name is Sam. He's with his little boy, Jonah. And it's it's very sad. He's explaining, like, mommy got sick. And, and then she was just gone. Now she's not here anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's a very good way to tell an eight-year-old, like, mm-hmm. explain it. Because that's kind of just how death is. It's just, like, you're here one day and then you're not. Mm-hmm. And it's very honest instead of trying to kind of sugarcoat it and say she's gone somewhere else. Uh, well, I'm not saying, like, you can't tell your child or whatever about heaven or, or, you know, a special place or a better place or, or anything like that. But I think it's very honest about what it means to be, le- like, someone who is left behind. Like, it's just, that's how death is. You don't, we don't know what happens afterwards. And you're not supposed to know. That's a big question. I remember my brother... He's going to hate that I say this, but when my brother was really little, he like asked about it and then just got really upset because I think it was like after a fish or a cat or something died and had to explain like it to him. And it's just like, well, they're just they're they're gone. They're not coming back. And like instead of saying, oh, yeah, they're not coming back. Like instead of saying that, it's just like, well, they're just they're just gone. You know, this is, they got sick or they got hit by a car or whatever. Like, you just have to be really honest about it, I think. But he got really upset. And that, like, kind of always, like, stuck with me, like, as, like, a 
tiny 14 year old who just like didn't even really understand it myself and it's just like he doesn't understand I don't even understand like how how can how can I explain to this six-year-old like what the hell's going on mm-hmm. interesting the ways of death yeah so now he's a he's a sad widower yes he works in Chicago as an architect and his co-workers have been giving him like business cards of therapists and groups yeah and grief counseling yeah and Which, he's like no yeah i need a change <laughs> so it's so, the so one thing you're not supposed to do <laughs> after <laughs> after after something or at least they say not to do he decides to move to seattle yeah you know it's again like the whole you deal with grief in your own way mm-hmm. kind of thing so i guess yeah like it's good to talk to somebody but also you have to let somebody deal with it. And I think when people start feeling like it's over symp- like over sympathy, like his coworkers and everything were, it feels just disingenuous and uh, almost more traumatizing than the actual losing part kind of thing. So I think I liked that that was kind of in there just as a way of pointing at it's sad, but if you constantly continue to bring it up to somebody or you don't let them get back to normal, it's just as unhealthy. Yeah. And, but he's feeling, people will say he'll move on someday and he completely disagrees and says it doesn't happen twice. Like yeah. that was his true love. Yeah. Then we have our opening credits with just the, the map. And stars. Map and stars as time goes by. Then we are in Baltimore 18 months later. Yeah. And we meet uh, the other counterpoint character, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Who is Annie. Annie Reed. Yes. And her fiancé, Bill Pullman. Who is Walter. Walter. Bill Pullman was great. He was a very nice, like, understated kind of guy in this movie. He had some really great moments like with his character just his character bits i love bill pullman i know and he's such a nice guy he's amazing i would marry bill pullman (laughs) did you know that the people in like the philippines when they were filming the first independence day they actually thought he was the president because he was just he's the president he could be the president yeah he's like our best president yeah (laughs) he saved us from the aliens guys Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's christmas time and Bill Pullman's going to meet Annie's family, and then they're going to announce their engagement. It's a big Christmas. Yeah, she's explaining the whole ins and outs of what to say, or what you can say, what you can't say, what which family member is crazy, and which one's not, and mm-hmm. all that jazz. Um. So yeah, they're at dinner, she announces the engagement, and then Walter starts sneezing, and we learn that he's allergic to everything. Everything, guys everything everything he touch he eats a nut and his whole face swells up in like a minute and then he's dead like a watermelon like a watermelon <laughs> he's dead like a watermelon, dead like a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> everybody should make us t-shirts that say dead like a watermelon <laughs> we have so many t-shirt ideas so oh also annie is one of those people who doesn't believe in signs but she really does believe in signs. Yeah, she's like the John Cusack character in Serendipity. You tell me this all the time and I haven't seen it. We'll watch it very soon. Damn it, John Cusack. 
It's all your fault. Just serendipity ripped off all these movies. But I like serendipity a lot. You can... It's like when you rip off something, you're, you're like taking it and making your own, making it your own. But I think that's the cool thing about film is you can pay homage to, to stuff without it feeling with it, making it feel not as bad. Like, like, like you're stealing something from it. You're, mm-hmm. you're just taking that, that feeling. No, yeah. It's just like it, it's, it's clearly a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. but it like has its own twist. Oh, that's okay. what it's like. Yeah. Okay. I got you. He's got a mullet in it too. Ugh. I mean, for a little bit. <laughs> Does he cut it? Yeah, because time passes. Oh, okay. It's another time passing romantic comedy because they're all time passing, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like this movie. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm happy. Um. So yeah, she's trying on her grandmother's wedding dress. Annie is, and she rips the sleeve and. She's it's like, it's a sign. Her mom's like, you don't believe in signs. She's like, really, mom? I've been oh, lying yeah. to myself this whole time. So during that time when they're trying it on, she talks about how she met Walter through that sandwich. Like they got each other's sandwiches when they were ordering at yeah. work or something. Yeah, he was at the, she work, works for the Baltimore Sun. Mm-hmm. And so he was there to be interviewed or do business or something. And they uh, got his lunch order confused with hers. Yeah. Because it was the exact same sandwich. But different bread. Different bread. Yeah. But she doesn't believe in fate. But her mom then says, well, I met your father. They're this way. And it was like a magic story. And she's like, it was perfect magic signs. And I knew instantly. Yeah. (laughs) You just know when it happens. It's like one of those things that you can't explain. Even when you hate the person sometimes. So, yeah, that's like the setup of she starts hearing stories about other people who get married are met with magic moments. And she doesn't feel that way about Walters, but she's still like, no, it's I don't believe in that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's like ignoring ignoring the one bit of magic that we actually have in real life kind of thing. I don't care what Drew says. Magic does exist and it is love. And that's what everybody like how how people talk about love is is like magic you can't you can't always explain it it just happens that way Mm -hmm. so um they are going walter and annie are now going to his side of the family in dc they're driving there and they're taking separate cars yeah because of the gifts and whatnot because of the gifts and she has to be back at a certain time into baltimore yeah and they have their cars yeah um, so on the way on the drive, she's listening to the radio and she changes the channels a few, but she comes to Dr. Marsha Fieldstone from Chicago, from Chicago, talking about Christmas wishes. What's your Christmas wish? I don't know. What is your Christmas hope, wish and dream? Joining us now is Jonah from Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> That's pretty much how it happens. So yeah, Jonah has called in about his dad, Tom Hanks. Because it's been almost a year and a half mm-hmm. since since the they've moved to Seattle and he's still not doing okay. Mm-hmm. So this is like a little on-air therapy session. He becomes the grandma from An Affair to Remember and sets all this thi- these things into motion in a way. Like sets the, the love story up. You loved that grandma. Oh my god, she was the best. 
It's like, I want to be you when I'm old. I'll ship you out to France. Okay, can I have her house and her sure. garden and shit? Sure, in the little chapel. Sure, we can keep that. <laughs> Turn it into a rec room. So Dr. Marsha wants Jonah to get Sam on the phone because she wants ratings. <laughs> yes, basically. Uh, Sam is upset, but starts talking to her. Yeah, he says he doesn't want to talk, and really, he does want to talk. Yeah. Which, again, it's like therapy. When you're ready to talk, you'll talk. Yeah, he's explaining why he is the way he is, he's not sleeping, and just why Maggie, his wife, was so special. Yeah, and how it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Annie stops off at a diner on a road trip, and the women in the diner are even glued to the radio listening in. Yeah, it's like a late night program. It's it's around, I would say, 1130. It's like Loveline. Yeah, I used to listen to a show when I couldn't sleep when I was, I don't know, in elementary school, and I had a radio to fall asleep to. Oh, yeah, I used to do that all the time, like with the late blues games, and then... Um, after the post-game show from the Blues, um, they would have this guy come on and talk about aliens. And so I would listen to that. Did you ever listen to Delilah? I don't think so. Oh. No, this was like a national, like, UFO, like, uh, radio I want to listen to that show. Oh my god, it was, I can't remember what it is, but the guy gets interviewed on ancient aliens all the time now. And so I was like, I used to listen to you on the radio. Nice. It still supposedly is, it exists. It's on. I don't know what station it's on out here. I'll have to figure it out and I'll let you know. Is there someone out there you could love as much as your wife? No. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. In the morning, I'll get out of bed, take a breath, and keep telling myself that every day until one day I don't have to do that anymore. I just do. Oh, Tom Hanks. And Meg Ryan is crying. Yep. And Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. He says it was like magic. And she says magic at the same time. Yep. It's beautiful. They say a couple things like at the same time mm-hmm. to uh, while Meg Ryan's in the car and, and that. I liked that little yeah. addition. They were meant to be from the start. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're beautiful. Okay, so, she, like we said, she works at the Baltimore Sun. She works there with Rosie O'Donnell. She was lovely. Her best friend, Becky. 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 So, this is now a big sensation. Like, all these women had called in to the Chicago station. and It broke the phone lines in Chicago. I held them up for, like, two and a half hours or yeah, something like that. Yeah, so now it's a lead story at the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Annie is assigned to the story. She's like, okay. I'll take it because she's the one who knew like the most about it. And then her and Rosie O'Donnell have like a girl moment. Yeah. They go have lunch. Yeah. And Meg Ryan is still in a little bit of denial. She's like, I'm madly in love with Walter. Why would I even be thinking about this other Seattle guy? Yeah. He did the funniest thing the other day where like, uh, what was it? I can't remember. What? Like, okay. (laughs) If it was that funny or that memorable, I'm pretty sure you would remember it right now. Then again, you never know. Then it is New Year's Eve. New Year's. 
She's with Walter and they make plans to go to New York for Valentine's because he's going to go on business travel. So he says, meet me in New York. Meet me in New York We'll have Valentine's City. Day weekend together. I says we in New York. Mm-hmm. That's what you do on the East Coast. You just go, let's go into the city. Okay. I know nothing about this. You know, I tell you all the time. No, I know, but I like have no experience of that whatsoever. Well, where you live, you'd be like, let's go into St. Louis or that'd be like going into Chicago, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Like you just go, just get on a train and just go up to the big city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam is watching fireworks from his boat house thing he's so sad he's so mopey in the beginning of this he just forlornly watches fireworks with sad puppy dog tom hanks eyes <laughs> it's like i just give the man a hug <laughs> his wife is in this movie have her give him a hug yeah so also later on this night tom hanks he lies on the couch and he's been drinking yeah and his dead wife comes to him. He talks to her. He says he does this often. Mm-hmm. He'll talk to her, seek her advice about Jonah and stuff. And they have long, vivid conversations. It's so sad. I know. It was really <laughs> so sad. See, I'm going to cry again. Don't do this to me. Okay, well, the next scene, he's a, he's a, he's the architect. He's at the house. Um, he's with the client, and Rob Reiner's there. They're making fun of him for being sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, because they heard him on the radio. Yeah, and they're like, you should hook up with so-and-so and so-and-so. Well, because the client whose house they are redoing is a divorcee, mm-hmm. and she's being obnoxiously annoying about things. Like, her house has to be perfect. Probably because her divorce is going bad, so she's trying to control uh, something. I love that line about, like, because uh, 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 Rob Reiner is like, you know, since you're single and she's now single and, you know, like, when paths inter- cro- like, intersect or whatever, what do, you, what do you call that? And he's like, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but death and destruction for Hanks. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. It was a great, and he deadpanned it, too. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Then he goes home, and he has so many letters. Yeah. Like, the post office guy is, like, he's got, I don't even know how to describe it. He has at least 200 to 300 letters. Yeah, because Jonah gave the radio station <laughs> their address, because he's a sweet little innocent. Yes. He's a beautiful child. Mm-hmm. I like that kid. You know, they replaced the kid. They, really? like, shot... With a different kid. Mm. And then Nora Ephron was like, we gotta fire the kid. (laughs) Fire the fucking kid. She got that kid out of there. (laughs) And they reshot with the new kid. Who was the kid? Is the kid still acting? The kid was good. I don't know. This was a story Tom Hanks told on the Nora Ephron documentary. And he didn't mention the kid's name. Jonah and Sam are brushing their teeth. Talking about sex. Talking about sex. I loved that. That was a great scene. That kid was great. The kid knew a lot from movies. Yeah. No, I loved that. Because sometimes that is like your first in- inkling mm-hmm. of it. We see Annie and Walter preparing for bed. They have a whole... Yeah, they have a clockwork bedtime routine. And it's, you know, 
it's weird get walter breathing yeah it's like here let us prep for bed while i do all of the prep work for you here's the humidifier and the tissues and this and that and this don't die do not suffocate but then annie mcgrian gets up from bed and goes to eat the apple mm-hmm. and she's in the kitchen she's listening to more dr marcia and they do a best of best of and they replay tom H- tom hanks's speech again and she starts crying again so like yeah so this is like this really weird connection to him and that's where she's kind of in that denial mm-hmm. yeah but there's definitely something yeah there if it wasn't so sweet it would come off as creepy yes there's a lot of aspects in this movie that are like that yeah but like when you think about it it's like the 90s equivalent of facebook stalking like Mm -hmm. when you you are you do when you first like kind of meet someone you do kind of like have that weird kind of obsession kind of moment of like who is this person what is their life like like who and facebook is kind of our way of doing that Mm mm-hmm What's their history? Yeah. And it like, it, it, from an outside perspective, it does sound really creepy. But like when you're in that, that moment, it's not. It's like you're not really being creepy. You're, you're trying to understand why this connection is happening kind of way. Mm-hmm. Which is what Meg Ryan is trying to do, I feel. Yeah. So uh, she goes and sees her brother, David Hyde Pierce. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like how was it with your marriage was this all about fate and da 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 and it's not all sparks all the time is it and she's he's like he, she told me either we had to break up or we had to get married so we got married <laughs> this is a very analytic like very clinical kind of way of going about marrying somebody it's not mm-hmm. necessarily about love it's more of i like this person and i want to be around this person for forever or whatever i want i want this person around yeah, it's less of a romance kind of thing. Yeah. She's, she's she's really trying to get down to her emotions. Yep. So uh, Sam is then hanging out with Rob Reiner, and they're talking about getting back out there and what the dating scene is like nowadays. Yeah. Since the last time he dated was in 1978. When Jimmy Carter was president. <laughs> he says it's very different. They said, who said think Cary Grant? Uh, Rob Reiner. Just call this lady up and just be really suave and like, what was the other word that he used aside from suave? I can't remember. Charming? Yes. Very suave and charming. Be very suave and charming. Think Cary Grant. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is exactly what you should do. That's what, that is the best advice that any man could ever get and should take. I mean, yeah, even, even women, I guess too, like just, just. Just think of that. Just think of that, like, wink-in-your-eye kind of charm kind of thing. Like, the little smile, and when he had the little wrinkles with the smile, it just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Little eye wrinkles, yeah. Just do that. Mm -hmm. All the time. Sam comes home to find Jonah with a little girl named Jessica, and they're hanging out. (laughs) They're sitting in the chair together, Mm -hmm. and, like, he's yelling his name, and they've got the headphones on, and so he, like, storms into his room, and they're in this, like, egg chair from Men in Black, that's what it looks like, and, like, they just, uh, (laughs) they swivel themselves over with their little tiny, like, child legs, and (laughs) it's just the funniest thing. It's the cutest and the funniest thing 
to see in the movie. Like, Jonah's got himself a little girl now, a mm-hmm. girlfriend. He's thinking, he's thinking Cary Grant. Yeah. So, Sam leaves to go instantly pull out his Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, but he, he also, he, he's like, the guy, or the kids are like, yeah, you need to, like, get the fuck out guy and like shut the door behind you kind of thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) so tom hanks as he's leaving he leaves and shuts the door and then it stays on the door for a little while and then he opens the door back up and he leaves it open cracks and then slowly walks away with backs away yeah with a confused look on his face (laughs) and then instantly goes and grabs his rolodex yeah he calls up a, a woman that he wanted to ask out Victoria. But, yeah, but then she does all of the date planning, which he's not used to. Yeah. But he just goes along with it. And he's like, okay. He's like, the world is different now. And then we see Annie and Becky watching An Affair to Remember. This was like the best moment. One, uh, Well, anytime they had like the movie connections, it was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And every time you had like, I kind of liked the trope about it being like a movie that only women understood like fully Mm -hmm. and how men just really didn't get it kind of thing. It's, it's like you, one, it made me feel really good about my relationship (laughs) with Sam because Sam really liked that movie last night. And well, and then like just the whole kind of trope of like love in movies about how women, tend to be in movies specifically they tend to be more in tune with love and and all of its kind of emotional aspects to it and the guy is kind of playing catch up half the time Mm -hmm. so i kind of liked that little jab at at the trope because that it definitely didn't it felt very natural Mm -hmm. yeah okay so at this time when they're watching the movie Annie's also typing up a letter to Sam to sleepless in Seattle sleepless and son. Seattle and son. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cute that she addressed it to, to both of them. Yeah, because it seemed like nobody else did. Well, nobody else was like giving the little kid like acknowledgement. Like mm-hmm. it definitely when your kid notice because your kid notices more than than the adults think it's that's always how it is they have the cosmic connection yes because their innocence makes them have a a better cosmic connection no it's like that deserves acknowledgement because that those feelings that that kid is feeling definitely need to be acknowledged because there's a reason why he's feeling it Mm -hmm. and and they hurt when when your when your parents hurt you tend to hurt that's why he called in yeah so like for for somebody in a letter or in that that way the the reaching out kind of thing it definitely deserve he deserves to be included in that mm-hmm. and that kind of shows this and again this connection yeah and annie is wondering what if this man is my destiny yep what if and then rosie o'donnell since i got to the part in the movie we should meet on top of the empire state building she said meet on top of the empire state building on valentine's day on valentine's in new york day. Put that in there. And she's like, well, I'm going to be in New York on Valentine's Day. Okay. I could make that work. Yeah. I'll be there with Walter. Walter! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that Walter kind of... He's an afterthought? He's an afterthought. And he's also like this emotional... Did he really love her? He says he did. Yeah. But did like... Was there anything in the scenes that he was given... 
that he wasn't there a whole lot yeah that's what i'm saying like it kind of it makes it in this weird way like okay mm-hmm. that what she's doing is like okay <laughs> emotionally like the movie puts it as that she settled for walter yes and you don't 100 percent know whether or not he agreed to be set like he just well at the end he's pretty much i don't want i don't want you in this relationship if you're just settling for me yeah so it's interesting because in the beginning we don't know we don't know if he's settling for her as well like if it's a mutual just a mutual relationship like kind of contract or business arrangement since he's a businessman and he tends to be gone a, a lot during the movie on business so it's kind of almost like that's how that arrangement was I don't know. I'm overanalyzing it, but that's what I do. Because I don't, I don't like it when other people hurt people. Yeah. It seemed like he was heartbroken at the end, but I don't know. He'll move on. Yeah. He, just... he cares about her happiness. Yeah. I know they, like, wrote him that way. Yeah. It'll be all fine, because he's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's... A, it's kind of like she explained herself and what's been happening, and he's like, okay, I, I see what it is. You you actually don't love me. Okay. Yeah. Or she couldn't really figure it out. She's just like, I'm having all these feelings, and I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But it's just, it's something that, again, I feel like is kind of a, a weird, either they were they were writing it that way to, to point out a trope. Because mm-hmm. normally that's what happens, at least in movies today it's normally the guy who does that to the girl kind of thing where he just like he leaves her for somebody else like in the end in romantic comedies not in romantic comedies i guess i shouldn't i should preface this it's not in romantic comedies in romantic comedies it is normally the girl who's trying to figure out her feelings and and doing and doing that so Mm -hmm. i guess that really isn't relevant it's just interesting because when you want to talk about love in movies it's an interesting kind of thing to think about. Like we are kind of in a way movies are weirdly encouraging, emotionally hurting people. Yep. <laughs> and doesn't really, it just like, it's like, okay, here's the carnage, but look, happy ending. Yay. <laughs> That's what movies are. They, 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 they they make you happy. It takes you outside of your miserable world. Yeah. You're like, I have a crush on somebody and it could never happen, but it happened in this movie just fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting like that, that again, in an affair to remember, it happens in a similar fashion as well, but she's really open about... She instantly, the day that she comes back, she's like, okay, we talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing so in that instance it kind of it makes the whole leaving bit okay in this instant it kind of makes big ryan a dick yeah (laughs) but like we don't think about it because we have the happy we're rooting for her to get with tom hanks technically he wasn't around for her to break up with so Yeah, no, I, I get where it's going. Like, if <laughs> yeah. we're going to go into the technical thing of it, it just is like, it's still kind of a dick move. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, really? Nobody really thought about this. So when, when you put it down, like, analytically, it's like, she kind of was a dick. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Jonah has a nightmare and they talk about what happens after you die. And to get him to go back to sleep and to feel more comfortable, he tell uh he tells him stories about his mom yeah because jonah's like i'm starting to forget her and that makes him sad yeah so uh sam says she could peel an apple in one long curly strip just like Meg Ryan. i know because <laughs> she previously was peeling an apple in i the know and they before. didn't point it out at all no i loved that though because it's it's one of those things that it's just like one of those little visual nuggets mm-hmm. that you're just like oh you're not addressing it, but I don't want you to. I don't need you to. Mm-hmm. The movie kind of just winks at you. Yeah. So uh, Sam and Annie are both walking all at night, all sad. They kind of like, I think that's when they sit in the park benches. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like. They're sitting together, but yeah. they're really not. Yeah. They're on, yeah. They're on opposite sides of the country. Yep. Staring at the same stars. Uh, uh. Heart. Annie does some reporter stalking. Major reporter stalking. She has a PI track him. <laughs> yeah. Sam is preparing to go on his date and Jonah finds Annie's letter and is just like, this is, this is it. The kid thinks it's a sign. Yeah. That, like this, she mentions the baseball and something. Yeah. She talks about baseball a little bit. Um, and her, her, she points out, well, if you don't like this specific baseball player, then we just can't really have a relationship. <laughs> and so I really liked that little little bit because the kid is like, oh, my God, you you like this baseball player, too. And you have these same like views. And I'm going to be the 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 grandma of this situation and tell you how you're supposed to feel or tell you how this is supposed to work. Do you like stories like this with the Cupid? Yeah, because it's interesting because. In reality, it's kind of, again, sometimes we get so caught up in the, the, the closeness of our point of view that we need the analytical outside person to come and give us that, like, that, that push. So to put it in, like, love stories kind of thing where people aren't really willing to acknowledge certain things, I think it's a really nice kind of reminder of reality. He's like the... The, the shippers he's like now kiss yes <laughs> kiss do it <laughs> do it um, destiel hard oh <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> you know like there's like so many people that are just out there that watch supernatural just to see if dean and castiel are gonna get together i am one of those people <laughs> i watch for that <laughs> i watch for cast scenes and whenever he's in with dean it's magic yeah it is it is absolute magic well i love how somebody actually asked at one of the conventions and they were like wait what like this is a thing that people like and i'm like how do you not like how do you not know guys 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 misha misha fix it because they don't have any women in the show. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. But I think I think you're going to ship people. You're going to ship whoever is there. Yeah. And you can't you can't ship it with uh what's her face? Hermione. Uh Charlie. Charlie. Cuz she's gay. Cuz she's gay. Yeah. They just have all the people who like women without having actual women <laughs> there. 
Sigh. That show has issues, but it's good. But anyway, this movie. This movie. Um. So then Sam goes. Sam goes on the date with Victoria. Yeah. Um. Jonah calls. It is like screaming into the phone about how he does not like this woman. Yeah. Poor Jonah. He's scared. Um. Jonah also is like, you have to go to the Empire State Building to meet this woman. You have to. Yeah. Um, there is the private investigator there taking pictures. Yeah. Weird. Weird pictures. And then there's um, another date, but uh, Victoria is making dinner for Jonah and Sam. Jonah is very unimpressed. Jonah is a nasty little hateful eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Jonah sees them kissing, and he screams. Yeah, to try and get, to get them to stop. And then he calls up Dr. Marsha. Yeah, he's like, what do I do? <laughs> you have to stop them. They're kissing. They're kissing. Make them stop. And then Becky calls Annie, and it's like, uh, he's on the phone again. Pick up. Pick up uh, he's on the Turn radio. Turn on the radio. Turn on the radio. <laughs> You've caught me listening to this shit. That's, yeah, he screams. He gets in trouble. He gets, he tells his dad that there was a spider. Yeah. And then uh, Walter finds Annie in the closet with the radio and she lies to him. Yeah, that uh, Becky thinks her husband was calling into the radio talking about some girl. And yeah, she was very emotional. Yeah. And I think at this point, Annie was like, I'm so glad my life is so figured out. out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, honey. Mm-mm. Mm. Meg Ryan can really play some good denial. Oh, yeah, she can. So good. She's always like, no, I'm happy. Or she'd be like in the hair, I really am over him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, I love her for that. Because yeah. I'm always just like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like the denial when you really know the, the, the real answer that she's really convey. She's really good at playing an ulterior mm-hmm. motive denial. <laughs> so then after that, it's. Jessica wants Jonah to reply to Annie's letter. Yes. Jessica's a little, she's a little instigator. Oh my God. I love Jessica. Jessica is like my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Annie has a little secret talk with Becky being like, you know, to cover this story fully, I really need to travel. She's like, yes, yes, you should. <laughs> so she flies <laughs> to Seattle. But you know who's also at the airport? T. Hanks. T. Hanks. He's seeing off Victoria at the airport. So he's he's yelling at Jonah uh, for being nasty to her. Yeah. And being like, you got to forget about this woman. You know, when you see a woman, it's not like this, da, 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 this da. instant connection kind of thing. Yeah. And then, of course, as he's saying this, he turns around and Meg Ryan walks off the, the plane and he falls in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the, the slow mo, like chimey music comes in and like it's all. Oh, my God, that face, though, that Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, it was so beautiful. He's mesmerized. Yeah. And also slightly confused. Oh. It was just dreamy. Mm-hmm. So she goes to their house, but she just misses them. Yep. Like, they've gone on their boat, so she's kind of stalking them. She's watching them. She's watching them on the beach, playing football. She's uh, watching as they drive away on the boat. Mm-hmm. And she follows. That night, she calls up. Becky and she's feeling anxious about what she's doing yeah it's it it is a weird thing Mm -hmm. again from an outside perspective it sounds creepy Mm -hmm. and a little stalkery and a little obsession so then yeah the next day she sees them again yeah she's gonna she she's just gonna walk up and say hello 
No, she, uh, Becky convinces her to go to his house and actually, like, talk to him. To mm-hmm. actually, like, she's like, you went out there for all, like, you went all this way. You're not going to come back with nothing. Like, yeah. you need to go. You need to get this off of your chest and you need to figure this shit out. Like, okay, Rosie, we got you. And so as she's uh, driving and parking to walk up to his house, uh, Jonah and uh, Sam drive into the marina, which is across the street from where she's parked. And this woman uh, comes up or well, she sees them. So she starts to get out of her car and she starts to cross the street. And then all of a sudden, in typical movie fashion, another woman runs in and gives uh, Jonah a hug and gives... uh, Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks a hug and like a smooch on the cheek kind of thing. She thinks it's Victoria because yeah. they have the same hair. Yes. But it's really his sister. His sister. Yeah. Rita Wilson. AKA his real wife. His wife. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, she... She stops in the middle of the road. Yeah, she stopped in the middle of the road and we all... Because we have previously seen an affair to remember, we're all like on edge. Like, oh my God, she's going to die. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so she gets honked at by a uh, semi. A big truck. Yeah. So then then Hank sees her. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So he's got his mesmerized face on. And he walks up to the side of the road and he says, hello. And she can only say, hello back. Hello. And then she almost gets hit and they cut away. Yeah. She comes home. She basically. comes home. Yeah. She's talking to Becky. And she says, all I could do is, all I could do is say hello. And she's just like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> And she puts in the movie in yeah. the same line in the movie from when they're at the theater. And then, and then uh, Meg Ryan is just like, no, that just means that I have watched this movie too damn much. Mm-hmm. And so she throws it away and then Rosie pulls it out and is just like, no, that that's not. It's it's a sign. It's, it's a sign. You need to meet him at the... Uh, you got to go to Empire State Yeah, Building. you have to go. And he finds the letter now from Jonah posing as Sam. Yeah. Or... Jessica posing. Jessica, is po- Jessica posing as Jonah posing as Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Saying, I'll meet you. You're my... You're my honey bun. <laughs> it was something where it was a, a child wrote it. And yeah. she's just like, what? Oh, yeah. My... Uh, I don't remember what the acronym was or the abbreviation. Made for each other. M-F-E-O. Yeah. Made for each other. And Rosie O'Donnell doesn't get it. And then, but Meg Ryan does. And she's just like, ugh, ugh. And she's like, it's kind of cute. It's like a clue. <laughs> <laughs> then um, Sam is having dinner with the, the visiting family. Yes. Uh, his sister and her husband. And he's telling her about letter Annie, but is also telling them about Annie, Annie he's seen yeah. in person. Yeah. He doesn't know that they're the same people. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm supposed he explains the letter and he's like, yeah, he, she wants me to meet at the top of the Empire State, Bank, State Building at Valentine's Day. And uh, his sister is like, oh, my God, it's like that movie. It's just like an affair to remember. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. So she goes on, and explains the plot to an affair to remember. And she's like crying. Yeah. And then the men make fun of her. Yeah, they're like, this action movie we really cried during. And and when the Nazis did this and then they blew the, the thing up with the grenade and everything just... Uh, uh, improvised. Uh, yeah, it was improvised. It's a 
great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I loved that little peppering. Like I explained earlier, I just, I loved that because that's how people like stereotype uh, the gendered kind of relationship kind of thing. When, when men can take things from these movies, just the same as women, we may not take the same things from it, but we're not, men are not emotionally locked off like they want you to believe. Mm-hmm. And then Jessica and Jonah watch the movie. And, and Jessica's Je- like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Jonah's like, uh. What's so great about it? And Jessica's like, they have to meet. To be, yeah, you have to go. You have to go. So Jessica gets plane tickets. Because she knows. She knows how to do it on the internets. I think her mom or parents are travel agents or oh, something. Oh, okay. Then that makes more sense. I think that's what they were getting at. Okay. I, I, I feel that like it doesn't translate. all of the clocks. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't necessarily translate to our yeah. world now, but I think, yeah. Yeah, so she she fibs and says that he's 12 mm-hmm. and that, uh, that he's going to go on a United flight to New York on Valentine's Day. Annie is embarrassed about the whole sleepless scenario and, you know meets walter in new york and it's just like all about walter now yeah she's like i i have a good thing here i shouldn't mm-hmm. i shouldn't try for something that is like sounds yeah. so stupid and ridiculous and he confronts her and he's like you've been a little off since christmas and then yeah she's like i think i was nervous and then she starts over talking and over explaining why she was nervous yeah <laughs> which we all know why yeah we know the real reason annie they're at tiffany's i know they are at tiffany's he had the his grandma's ring resized for her mm-hmm. and gives it to her at Tiffany's. And she's also like, oh, I love this. I don't need any surprises. Yeah. <laughs> I love where we don't have to surprise each other. It's all we know what we're doing. Yeah. It's all pre-planned and everything's good. I love that. Life is in order. It's good. <laughs> it's good. No, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. No, I don't. I don't. No, we're good. We're good. Sam is planning to go out of town with Victoria because he wants to get laid. Yeah, he goes on like a five minute tangent about getting laid and how he's the only one in the entire world that's going to get laid on that day. And he hasn't had it happen. He had seven or maybe eight girls in college. And then Jonah starts fighting with him about Annie. Well, Jonah, first of all, hates Victoria. Yeah. And he's all in Camp Annie. Well, and I think he's picking up on the fact that Victoria is kind of just over-exaggerated. She is just such this... She laughs like a hyena. She laughs like a hyena. Sam said she laughed like a dolphin. Mm -hmm. My Sam, not Sam in movie. And so she just is so overbearing that... And she's not really, like... She doesn't really quite understand what it is to be involved with somebody with a child in a way and... She over, she makes brownies. She overdoes things. She's just an over situational person. But do you think Sam was into her? I think because it was, he was trying Mm -hmm. that it just. And he didn't want to be lonely. And I feel like he enjoyed talking to another adult. Yeah, there was definitely that. But it was, it was not this. It wasn't the stare he gave Meg Ryan. No. And it wasn't anything like spark. It was similar to Meg Meg Ryan's relationship with Walter. Yes. It was just a relationship of convenience. Yeah. They are fine together. Yeah. 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 So then the next day, I want to say, 
Clarice, the babysitter, shows up and they can't find. They can't find Jonah. Jonah. Jonah's missing. Yeah. So they hop on over to Jessica's house. Yeah, it is the next morning because the the parents are all in bathrobes at 7.30. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Jessica uh, says that Jonah went to NY. (laughs) What did he he say? Like, no way. No way. Tom Hanks like, no, that's NW. (laughs) What are you talking about? New York. New York. Jonah gets to the Empire State Building and then he starts asking women if they're Annie. It was very cute. Yeah. Well, and Tom Hanks, as this is happening, Tom Hanks hops on a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter and Annie go to dinner, and their dinner is they... They look at the Empire State Building. Yeah, and that's where she's just like, oh, God, I have to tell, tell you, you something. Because <laughs> now she's like, it's a sign. Because the Empire State Building lights up with a heart. Yeah, everything's a sign. There's something I have to tell you. So then, yeah, Sam arrives. It's nighttime now. Meg Ryan has talked to Walter, and they have a heart-to-heart about their relationship and what it means and where it's going. And she give back the ring. Yeah. He doesn't want her to settle. Yeah. And says, pretty much, like, just go. Go to him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I want you to be happy. Yeah. Sam shows up at the Empire State Building, scolds Jonah. You know, he's... Happy to see him, but he's like, what if something bad happened? You do not do this. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, and then Annie, there's traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so she runs out of the cab. This is when we all got anxious. We're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go all wrong. She gets to the Empire State Building. She talks to the guard. She's like, I have to go to the observation deck. He says, it's too late. It's closed. It's closed. She's like, but you don't understand. I'm meeting someone. And he's like, like Cary Grant. He's like, I've seen that movie too. Cary Grant. She's yep. like, yes. <laughs> ah. This is why people need to watch good movies. Yes. <laughs> so she's, she goes up there, but then at the same time, Sam and Jonah get the last elevator down. down. So they miss each other. We knew it. We knew something bad was going to happen. But then she as goes, I started screaming during the viewing, yep. the, uh, the backpack. Yep. Joan. Jonah goes, saves them again. Yep, she goes to look around. She sees the backpack with the teddy bear and then turns around. And there they are. There they are. And then they meet. They lock eyes. It's like, and Jonah's like, are you Annie? I'm Annie. And he's like, I saw you. You're Annie? In the street. So they meet and they, they, they hold hands. And it's fireworky. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. They're both like shell-shocked. Yeah. And they get on the elevator and that's, nice to meet you sam yep and it's like warm and fuzzies like it didn't they didn't kiss they didn't do anything else but hold hands and it was just so sweet mm-hmm. and just like oh i loved how that shot list ended mm-hmm. with um meg ryan and tom hanks looking at one another and jonah just basically looking at the audience like as like a little wink like he's the one who did all this mm-hmm. kind of thing like this is a parent trap moment <laughs> he's a cupid yep it was very good i loved it and people are so upset that you can't they don't actually light the empire state building up like that yeah i think it's a wonderful commentary on love Mm Hmm. hey let's rate this movie okay i'm ready go for it i'm gonna rate this movie four and three fourths harold 
teddy bears. Aww, that's super <laughs> cute. <laughs> Though really the true hero of this movie. <laughs> the teddy bear. Yep. I'm going to rate this movie four and a half Tiffany rings. Wow. Bling, bling. Bling, bling, y'all. No, it's great. I think, yeah, there's just something that's just not making it perfect. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Well, I think because it's not really, it's a story of how two people finally meet. It's like, it's like how you want How I Met Your Mother to be. Mm. But it's not, it's not like romance. It's not like you watch them fall in love and, and be together and like you have those, those romantic kind of general people being together moments it's not like that you have you see them fated to be brought together Mm -hmm. so it's it's different it's great the way that they do that it's just like as a romantic comedy it's not the same feeling as like when harry met sally right yeah and but i do like how it's a good pairing with an an affair to remember yes but i feel like it brings out the more like drama aspect yes of romance Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, it, it definitely, you have some really funny moments, but it's not that, yeah, it's definitely not Meg Ryan bantering with um, Billy Crystal. Mm. See, yeah. that's just beautiful and classic. I, I know. And that and that's what makes, like, a great romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. But you still, and even when, I think when Harry Met Sally is kind of like that, one of those things that gave Nora Ephron this idea of addressing love in the movies mm-hmm. kind of thing like it, it seems to be something that she has found that thread like it does like all of her movies can kind of be connected with that one thread she has these references to classics but also i think it's because we're her parent her parents were writers yes so she grew up with this like idea of what love is supposed to be in movies and i think that is really resonant in her movies and it resonates with us because that's how we at least I want to say it's not how we we feel love but it with me like my parents are divorced I didn't have that like constant displays of love kind of around me kind of thing I did direct it at me with my mom but it was never <clears throat> this like how you love someone and mm-hmm. you, I had it with my grandparents but it's still the movies were a big a big factor into that yeah it's it's how we communicate yeah Definitely. So next year, as we kick off year two, year two, season two. That's right, <laughs> season two. Or we could go. We can be European and call it series two. Ooh. <laughs> um, we're watching 1993's So I Married an Axe Murderer. I'm so excited for this. I love this movie. This was actually not on streaming, not on essentials, but we have to watch we it. We wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, get over it. <laughs> It's something I, I watched it a lot when I was a kid and I probably haven't watched it since I was a kid. I used to watch it with my sister. Mm-hmm. I watched it all. They had it on like ABC Family or something back when ABC Family first started. So it was something oh, wow. it was we something it like VHS. cable. Yeah. I don't remember. It was something on cable that we watched a lot. And I think, yeah, maybe we did have it on VHS because my mom really loved it. Like mm-hmm. my mom loved Mike Myers in that movie. And it's just, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. I hope it holds up. Oh, I think it will. I think I think it has some really interesting commentary on on things. So and it's super funny. Yeah. Like you can't it's not like Mike Myers now where it's just like, oh please stop. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. I have a few thank yous. Yay. I want to thank Sam. Of course. Thank you, husband. Nicole K. Yay. Leah. Of course, Leah always. Critical Crop Top and Movie Geek Cast. Aw. Those are two um, media and podcast places you should check out. Oh, yes, definitely. On the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can listen and download all of our episodes at thecutaways.com and leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere else. Pocket Casts is a big one. Google. Apparently. Google Play. Yep. Anywhere. Just everywhere. Anywhere. anywhere, everywhere. And if we're not there, tell us so that we can put us there. Yeah. And you can chat with us on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. And we're on Instagram now. Yeah. I'm super excited about the Instagram. <laughs> it's turned out we've had some really good, some good ones. Mm-hmm. It's been a good year. It has. Next year, we'll have to get on the Snapchats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, every year we're just, we're very slow. We've got long game. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, who look, let's get you addicted to this new social media experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks for the year. We're going to keep going. We're not stopping here. Nope. Yep, talk to us, love us. Yep, we'll love you back. Aw, of course we love you. Enjoy, we're, we're having fun. It's a sleepover. Yay. Every Sunday in my <laughs> house or your house. It's a nice sleepover, even yep. if I'm drugged. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 